the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. A Pro-America Report is your chance to learn what's happening in this country. Uh, Get the best guests in the country on the program. I'm grateful to be with you. It's Ed Martin here. I I was reminding our audience that we're broadcasting The Wink. What you need to know on Periscope Live right now is reminding people to go to edmartinlive.com to follow, uh, get signed up for the email updates every day edmartinlive.com in a moment i'll explain to you what you need to know it's china china's lying china's no surprise china's lying but you need to understand why they're lying and what's happening and so is nancy pelosi but that may not be may not be as much news right there for you uh but we're broadcasting the, the program the uh live on periscope if you're a twitter person it's at eagle ed martin uh listening to the radio you can go there and check out the program all right but what you need to know first of all it, this is a serious time and uh, folks that are, are listening to uh, this, these words, they know that already. Uh, but the problem is it's getting confusing and maybe even more confusing than it's been in the past. And so what I want to encourage people to do is you cannot trust the fake news. So you, you have to cut through the fake news. And the Salem Radio Network delivers a, a great product. A lot of our hosts do that. And on, you fight through it on social media. But, you know, my example of that, which is the seriousness of the situation and how the fake news is shameless, is the uh, in the last 24 hours, they have covered with all seriousness the, the story of a, a family, a husband and wife who, one, the husband is dead, I think, the wife may be sick. They drank the cleaner that you use to clean your aquarium because they thought it had some chemicals in it that might help them. Now, while I respect the right to try, you know, the right to try, we've talked about that anything you could do if you're in a situation where you might lose your life, you should try to do. You know, that's what the, uh, the right to try law that passed uh, in the last couple of years and has been uh, talked about for decades President Trump was proud about that. I think he is exactly right. But this was a case of, of, of you know, sad and mistaken. I mean, if they were stupid, that's, I guess it's easy to say that, but they made a mistake, a deadly mistake. But CNN covered the story as if it was an example of the drugs that the people, that, that, that people are putting some hope in failing. And in a moment, I'll explain to you how CNN joined China and joined the uh, and joined the the uh, CNN joined China and the others in misinformation. It's extraordinary. So now Nancy Pelosi, I wrote in this comments that Nancy Pelosi is uh, is lying to us. Nancy Pelosi is now trying to spin her efforts to load this trillion dollar stimulus, two trillion dollar stimulus, with ideological uh, 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 efforts like. Uh, early voting, mandatory early voting and, and, and absentee balloting, all these kinds of things, Planned Parenthood money, all these things. And now she's just lying about it. She's saying, well, uh, first of all, she lied and said that these were related to the coronavirus scandal. But now she's basically claiming that uh, she you know, didn't really mean it and she's focused. Here's what you need to know on this. But I'm gonna, this is not the number one. This is not the whole what you need to know. Here's what you know about Pelosi. Pelosi is playing the swamp game like the swamp game has been playing, played for decades 50 years, I bet. 
And I've heard people tell me, good people tell me about how the, the game of the swamp, the earmarks and all this, you know, kickbacks, that was the way they did it. It's the way the system worked. Everybody has to get used to it. She's playing a game. She is literally a dinosaur playing a game and she thinks that it's okay for her to lie to us and we're not going to take it anymore. Nancy Pelosi lost her speakership when she forced America to go through the impeachment, I have to say. But she's she's lost it now. She will resoundingly be remembered as a failure because of this what she did and people just see through it. So you need to know that Nancy Pelosi's days are numbered, that she's dramatically lost her focus. She I mean she just she's she's playing a game. She's like playing a she's like playing football with uh with leather helmets when everybody else is playing modern day football. It's not a good example, but you get my point. So there you are in that. But here's here's what you need to know, and I want to get to it, and I want you to really focus on this. Um in the last twenty four hours, CNN was lying about the guy who drank his uh aquarium cleaner, trying to distract us from one of what appears to be the great hopes we have to lessen the effect of this terrible disease, this coronavirus. And as CNN lied about it, China came in and joined in the lying. And China, I want to make sure you hear me tell you this, China is now publishing a series of, of, uh, of studies, or reports on studies, about coming, saying that there's no way that the coronavirus patients can be treated with this hydrochlorine and this combination of pills uh, that's been referred to as Trump pills. But this, uh, And China says, oh, their study says it won't work. Here's the problem. The, the, the Chinese, first of all, China lies to us all the time. The communist Chinese lie to us all the time. That's the first problem. You should never trust anything they say. The second problem is the study literally is, is coming out of one of the Chinese communist colleges, universities. I can't say it for sure. I'm saying it right. Shanghai, Zhang, Zhang University is what I mispronounced the name, but that's where it came out of. And here's the problem. We now have lots of evidence from all over the world. Some of it from the UK is what I saw most recently. Some of it's from America, all over the world, that there is a positive correlation between the use of these drugs, a malaria drug plus some other, other aggressive drugs plus some zinc that may lessen the, the, the impact of the, of the illness. And what you need to know is as China lies and the American media uh, amplifies it, CNN especially, they are not only, the, the, the CNN is not only doing the bidding for China, it's destroying America. These people are now, they're not just uh, dishonest and dishonorable, they're really traitorous. When they cover the Chinese studies, we, again, right now, ask Andrew Cuomo and ask what soon will be Louisiana as they face this crisis. Ask them what they are feeling when you say, hey, guys, we have a lifeline that may work. They're going to say what? When I started this, about, this, this section out saying they're going to say we want a right to try. We want a right to try what is out there and available to us. And the notion that we have the, 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 the CNNs of the world, MSNBC, others, New York Times, writing about the Chinese communist regime, publishing a, a study as if it's true. And so you have the, you have the same people that want to say Fauci is uh, the, the only one we can listen to. And I like that guy. He went to my college, by the way, my undergrad college. I like the guy well enough. But he's not the whole of the country. He is a scientist. In this case, the New York Times and CNN and others, they want us to be beholden to 
the communist Chinese government and their study. And we're supposed to say, as I think the Nevada governor is doing, he's actually resisting the idea of trying, of trying to do something that might give us a break. So the question is, if you're sitting out there and you're saying, what are we going to do about it? First thing I do is fight through the, the fake news and fight against what's happening. But the second thing you have to do is you have to understand that we're up against a worldwide, the Chinese have not stopped. In fact, one of the reasons the president, I think, is so mad is that the Chinese government has not stopped claiming that the virus, that the, the coronavirus came from America. And so the president, at that point, the president said, okay, you want to fight like that? I'm not going to get up on the podium here at my daily press briefings and complain about President Xi. That doesn't help. But I am going to call it the China virus, and I am going to make sure my team does, and we're not going to tolerate that. But my point here is we're in a battle. No matter how so many people are are right now focused on the trillions of dollars that are spent, and we should, and we're going to get to the bottom of that. We'll talk more about it tomorrow, about what's in this stupid bill. But the fact is we're in a fight for survival of our nation in terms of its health, real people getting sick, and in terms of our economy. We have to get through one, through the, 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 the we have to trust the, the system, trust the leaders, and I do, and then we have to push through as the president did yesterday, he said, look, we're not going to let this uh, the cure be worse than the illness. We know that. We're, we're Americans. We're not stupid. But what we have to do is push through this and we have to identify. And what you need to know is right now, one of the truly, truly bad actors in this is China. And they're not stopping. They didn't quit when they realized that they'd embarrass themselves and put the world at risk. They didn't say, oh, we're sorry and stop. They doubled down. They double down in what they're doing in terms of misinformation. They double down in what they're doing, I suspect, in terms of control over the pharmaceuticals and what we need. You know, I've I've mentioned on the air a couple times that the late Phyllis Schlafly wrote about the Chinese getting control of our drug production. She wrote about it in 1972. And she said, this is a disaster. Here we are all these decades later. We got to get through this fight. We've got to find our way through it. We've got to get our economy restarted. And then we'll have to make sure... We never do this again, that we never get put in a position where we're held hostage by China or anybody else. And the president's signaling that. But for now, we've got serious issues in New York, Louisiana, all across the country where people are listening, especially uh, in California and Los Angeles and other places. So we've got to fight our way through it. There's a lot to do. All right. Uh, Thank you for uh, listening. If you're tuned in on Periscope and don't forget, again, edmartinlive.com to sign up for the daily updates and go to theanswersandiego.com to find the whole program and to uh, clue in on that. There's a podcast there and listen streaming. So I am going to uh, we'll take a quick break. It's a Pro-America Report. Ed Martin here on The Answer San Diego, and we'll be right back. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Might be the best time for me to talk to this next gentleman. It looks, it looks like almost like I'm planning because if you were listening at the beginning of the program when I was ranting and raving about disinformation and fake news, one of the problems is social media also, right? So one of the problems in addition to, you know, the Chinese lying about things and then Nancy Pelosi and CNN covering those lies as if they're true. Um, so our next guest is John Mates, and he is the, uh, he's the CEO and he is the uh, developed founder and CEO of Parler. 
and I'm on Parlor. I have to say, I'm going to confess to you, John, that I haven't done, uh, I haven't used it as much. So, uh, but I'm going to help you convert me. I'm going to help you convert me to be more active on there. But first, John, welcome to the program. And second, on your LinkedIn page, which of course is what, how I'm doing my research, it says you're the mentor to the high school robotics team where you graduated from high school. So, are you into robots? Uh. First, thank you for having me on here. And yes, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like a robotics enthusiast. I used to, uh, we used to actually compete when I was younger, but that's actually from a long time ago that, uh, that LinkedIn. Okay. Okay. Uh, I had removed okay, almost all my job history and everything <laughs> off of LinkedIn yeah. when I started Parler uh-huh. because I got reporters digging into, you know, calling my former employers, asking them all sorts of questions. I was like, you know what? I'm going to remove everything off my LinkedIn. That's just crazy. Yeah. No, it's um, it is. Well, I, I I was smiling. I thought I'd ca- see if I could catch it. Now, Parlor started about two years ago, two and a half years ago, and uh, and the notion is, and I, I you know, again, that it's social media network, and and it really a response to Twitter. But how'd you learn from Gab? Many of us remember Gab. It looked like that was a place to go, but it became the too wild west too fast. So how'd you learn from that? If I can ask you. Yeah, I would call them more free speech purists. Um, what we uh-huh. have is we're kind of more, we, I used to call this, and it was an incredibly boring marketing term, I used to call this constitutionally free speech, basically what's allowed uh-huh. by the United States. They were a little bit more extreme, yep. uh, which is, you know, it's, it's in the right. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, they just have a different focus, I think, than we do. Uh, what we're trying to do is really emphasize that you know, when you, you mentioned fake news, right? I think fake news occurs more frequently when you get a lot of unvalidated people that are presenting a lot of options. And then you have to police it. So, like, on Twitter, you can make anonymously, you know, 10 accounts, right? 20 accounts, whatever you yeah. want to do. I'm sure you can figure out how to do it. And then, you know, people obviously do do this and spam. And that's, you know, one of the things the Chinese government's accused of doing, spreading, you know, right. lies and propaganda. So from our perspective is, okay, if the Chinese government wants to do that, um, they'd have a hard time because on Parler, you know, we have a special badging system where everyone can get verified. And so people get verified as a U.S. citizen. They get a red badge. Uh, they get verified as, you know, a citizen of any country. Um, they get special privileges knowing that it's a unique, real person in the system. So if they want to spread fake news, at least you know that it's coming from a legitimate person and they believe that. So that that's kind of the concept behind uh, how we handle fake news is at least every person only has one voice, one vote, uh, unlike other places. And we're, and, and, uh, we're talking with John mates and, um, uh, John, one of the things I do like about it, I'm looking at it right now. I've got it pulled up is, uh, uh, you know, in this case, instead of likes, you do vote, right? I mean, you can say I vote for something and you, but you can, you can also echo is the word instead of tweet and retweet. So let me ask you this, this question. I like the fact that a lot of the folks that initially turned me onto it were were Trump friendly, you know, MAGA types. Uh, but how how do you kind of uh, how do you how do you make how do you catch up with Twitter? Right. I mean, I know this is the million gazillion dollar question if you're able to do it. But how do you do it? I mean, I know you don't do it in one day. Um, so how do you how are you? How's it going? Yeah, no, that, that's a really fair question. This is a big task that we've decided to take on. Very, uh, very big task. And in order to do it, it's going to require competing with them. And that's, that's how we're defining this. We're not, we're not trying to, you know, we're not trying to completely take everybody off of Twitter. We're trying to supplement and we're trying to be alongside them. You know, I think there's enough room for everybody. 
But what we're really doing is um, we're creating a place where people know they have free speech, and we're going to create new, new features and be more innovative than them and went out in the marketplace. Now, in order to do that, um, you know, people are very upset with Twitter at the moment. A lot of people, not just on the right, not just the Trump-friendly supporters that you'd mentioned, people on the left are also upset with Twitter and, and big tech in general. And so this is really a way for the marketplace to mitigate all these problems and say, hey, come on, try this new solution, and, and we can regain control over, over our social media presence. Because right now we're all beholden to Twitter and Facebook. Every time Facebook changes their algorithms, uh, media outlets uh, stand to gain or lose millions of dollars in ad revenue. You know, every time, uh, every time you post a tweet of your thought that, you know, this could be controversial should I say this or should I not say this? And you post it anyway, and then, you, you know, there's that risk that you could get banned as a result. So right. getting that leverage back by promoting competition and using more than just one platform is great. Um, and, and what we've seen is really a different kind of community. Uh, people are on Parler. They're having actual conversations with actual people. Uh, it feels a lot more real. It's not as nasty and, and kind of angry as you feel on other social media sites. And what right. I really like... Uh, what I really like as well is there's no real structural hierarchy that you have on Twitter. On Twitter, you have people who have these blue checkmark badges, and that's like, you know, you are uh, – it, it's kind of a, a class-style hierarchy of the, the information comes from the blue badges down to the people. And on Parler, at, since anyone can get verified, the information is more flat, so anybody's posts can go viral, which is kind of cool. Uh-huh. Is the uh, I'm looking at it by the way, and and one thing I want to ask you about this is that if, years ago I remember I think it was I think it was years ago that there was a a pretty good um, uh, program that allowed people to sort of set their feed to go into multiple social uh, uh, media accounts. So you could you could do an entry and it would go post in Twitter and Facebook. And and I, I, I don't know if that's as common, but I like I see like Posobiec is in here, Jack Posobiec, and he's at Posobiec and he's 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 active on Twitter, too, obviously. But he's in here with your with on Parler. And we're talking with Jack Mates, who's uh, excuse me. We're talking with pardon me, John Mates, who's with uh, Parler. And um, uh so is that is that how you also sort of compete? Can people kind of utilize it as one more vehicle or one more channel? And then over time, as you say, you compete with other uh, other, um, you know, other uh, characteristics. Oh, yeah, you have to. Right. I mean, people who have a prominent following on Twitter, on Facebook, on any of these other big tech companies. Um, right. They, they need to make a parlor account and be active to grow their following here. Right. You never know when you're going to lose access to one of these companies. They've made that abundantly clear and they've targeted both libertarians, conservatives, left. I think they've, you know, basically anybody who falls out of line with what their company vision is, um, is a, you know, has a possibility of losing access. So, yes, you're right. People need to be active. You'll notice a lot of people on there also have Twitter accounts. So you'll see Jack on there. Um, you'll see Rudy Giuliani. Actually, Rudy Giuliani is a lot of fun on Parler because, you know, on uh, he, responds to anybody you never know who he's going to respond to it could be a random account with like 100 followers uh, he, you never know really? it's awesome and it really is rudy you know so it's pretty cool um but that being said the best way to regain control over your social media presence and know that you're stable and secure and you can keep your audience is to use parlor and uh use other social platforms as well but most importantly make sure you use us is the uh, so how many users are on there now? Do you have a can you have, do you have a handle on on the total number? 
Yeah, we're, we're around 800,000 total users, but I, I don't like the term total user count anyway because it's kind of misleading. Mm-hmm. The really important thing is the amount of daily active and how many active you have over time. You know, in terms of monthly okay. active, what we have, which is probably the one of the better um, measures, we have probably around 200,000 a month, you know, every three months active. So huh. that's okay. kind of the metric that would be more accurate than saying total user count. Yeah. Well, good. Well, listen, I think it's very important. I'm glad you came on and I, I will, uh, I will, um, you know, you've, you've jogged me to, to be more active in there. I, you know, I, I don't do a lot of on myself on Twitter anyway, but it, it is really important and I encourage you on it and let's have you back on again. Think of, uh, think of, uh, you know, um, I, I celebrate Kofefe day, which is the day that Donald Trump misused the word Kofefe. Uh, it's May, thir- May 31st, uh, each year and I celebrate it. So maybe, maybe a uh, parlor can celebrate Kofefe day and move everybody over. So, but we'll have you back on again and I, encourage you. I, I, go ahead. We, we need to do something like that. I, I had a meme that I posted uh, last year for the Cafefe anniversary, which uh-huh. was a picture of like an Ikea build the wall set. And it had <laughs> right? on top. There you go. <laughs> I like Perfect. that one. Perfect. Good. Uh, yeah, thank well, you. Good. Thank we'll you work on it. We'll have me on. We'll do it again. Thanks, John. John Mates, and it's Parlor, and you can go sign up. I just was checking uh, out my own account there, and I will make sure to post there more and appreciate it. It's, it's a good, um, it's a smart, uh, it's a smart move, and it's a good site, and there's a lot there. So uh, appreciate it very much. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin right here on the Pro America Report. Be right back. Ed Martin and the Pro America Report on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. It's time to catch up with our old friend, Ted Malik, Dr. Ted Malik, who is an author of many books. So this today I'll mention the one. It's called Common Sense Business, Principles for Profitable Leadership, uh, written a few years ago by him. I can't pull it up in front of me when exactly. I'll, he'll correct me when I don't have it. Uh, but um, he has, of course, lives in London, uh, based in London, an American, and has um, has uh, written all over the place, writes a lot of columns, and uh, gives a lot of insights, and also is has been on a search uh, in all of London for toilet paper. And he had some breaking news. He wanted to come on and fill us in. So welcome back, uh, Ted. How are you? Yeah, the, the stocks are... Re- uh are resupplied in London. I'm not saying that the situation is vastly improved. In fact, in the next 15 minutes, Prime Minister Boris Johnson is set to go on national television here and announce a much more severe, strict lockdown in terms of uh, travel and retail sales and what is called now social distancing. So uh, they are probably, you know, just slightly ahead of where we are in the United States. Uh, and uh, maybe two or three weeks behind what has happened in France and Spain and particularly in Italy, where the situation is quite dire. Um, and Ted, let me ask you about this. Again, you're an observer of history. You know, you've you've taught all over the world on both sides of the Atlantic and one of, in some of the you know senior uh, institutions. You've been all over the place. Um, how do you think this is going? I mean, is this a, is this a once in a hundred year thing, and we're handling it the best we can? Is it totally uncertain? Are you are you impressed with it all? Are you confused by what where we're headed? What's your sense on this? Well, it is a pandemic. Uh, it, you know, the scale is, is growing exponentially. There have been other uh, like pandemics in the past, going back in history, but even in the last few decades. So 
it, it, it's not so different from those. Obviously, the problem here is the nature of the contagion, and it, because of globalization, has spread so quickly around the world, mostly by international travel. Um, it would be good if we had, uh, obviously, some vaccines and some cures, or if we had some medicines that could help alleviate the actual causes. And I think there is some promise, at least it's suggested by virologists and epidemiologists that I've been reading, that some of that is uh, more imminent than we might suspect. Um, and of course, there are at least seven or eight companies around the world, very, very advanced biotechnology companies in Israel and Germany, and mostly in the United States, one in Great Britain, working on uh, vaccines. So this will be part of our human history going forward, which is why we have to find not just a cure, but a vaccine so that when it returns, we don't have this uh, kind of episodic problem again. Uh, we're talking with uh, Ted, Mal uh, Ted Malik and uh, Ted's website, which I'll put up on social media, is tedmalik.com. But I want to return, Ted, to this book I mentioned earlier, Common Sense mm -hmm. Business, uh, Principles for Profitable Leadership, that you wrote, co-authored with Whitney McMillan um, in 19, excuse me, in 2017. The book came out, available wherever you find books, a good one. I, I, I think I have the audio book, actually, uh, Ted, if I recall it correctly. Um, and um, it's I love that it's inspired by Thomas Paine. I remember that about it, his the book common his his famous uh, tract common sense but you wrote a column this week Whitney McMillan passed away and you wrote about him he talk did, a little yeah, bit about who Whitney years old and yeah of natural causes lived a very productive great American life really a classic American life a great entrepreneur and industrialist his family business Cargill became the largest private company in the world of course one of the great agribusinesses in American history very innovative firm and I had the opportunity to know him for about 40 years uh, so I was very fortunate to interact with him at a number of places number of think tanks number of charitable organizations at Yale University and then uh, just a few years ago to basically bring forward his business business philosophy which I shared and I uh, uh, had a lot of conversations with him and told the story of what's called the Cargill Way, but then we basically developed that into an entire book on leadership and business and this notion of common sense, which, uh, of course, is entailed in the virtue of prudence, is most critical, and it's something we need to return to. I will have an article coming out later this week tying that notion of common sense to the pandemic we're experiencing today and to the American election, because I think more than ever, and I think I could speak for Whitney here, although he's passed, what we need is common sense in decision-making today. Um, Ted, we're talking with Ted Malik, and again, the, the book uh, is Common Sense Business, uh, Principles for Profitable Leadership. Uh, we're, we're marking his uh, co-author, the late Whitney McMillan, who passed away recently. Uh, let me ask you, though, Ted, about this. Uh, we're, we're In America, there's been this uh, highlighted now for a few days, this attempted effort to, to, to help uh, businesses and individuals who are suffering from this crisis, right? That we have had to mm -hmm. hold people back from work and shut the economy down. And it's, it's, everybody hates the word, it was a bailout. It's not a bailout really, but it is no, government helping to, helping to prop things up, but it's getting messy. We were seeing the underbelly of, of Congress now. And I, you give me your sense of what needs to be needed to be done, needs to be done yeah. and how so, some of the extra stuff is fluff that you may have to deal with and some of it isn't fluff that you shouldn't deal with. But do you well, walk us through what you think about this? 
I think it's a very sad episode, viewing it from this side of the uh, pond, the Atlantic, to see the Americans bickering over what is a national disaster. We should put aside party difference, put aside any ideological commitments, and basically say we have to fix this problem over the short term and in the medium term. And I think that the president and obviously the team around him, which is very talented, both medical doctors and economists, have come up with a program. And the Democrats have basically torched it and not allowed it to go through the U.S. Senate. And it, it means that people are being harmed, businesses are being closed. And frankly, American citizens, working people, are not getting even the meager amount of relief that they need so that they can go on with their daily lives and basically put bread on the table for their families. I find it very, very discouraging. The absolute opposite has happened in Great Britain. Now, there is a 80-seat majority by the Conservative Party, but they've put through a massive program. Uh, very similar to what President Trump basically was proposing. And it's going to help the British economy. It's going to help the common working person. And it's going to mean that their economy comes back quicker because this is going to be a V-curve. And after 12 weeks, after 16 weeks, it is going to come back. The um, I guess the, the the devil's in the details, Ted. Um, do you? Uh, how do you stop in these? I mean, in these uh, swampy days, how do you stop some of the the stupid stuff they do? Both parties. Do you just have to live with it? I mean, it, it, you know, and and if you're President Trump, you're at this point, you're you're desperate to, pr- like you said, to help the the, the you know the, the those who are in need. And if you if you can help those in need, and that's seventy percent of the money, and the rest of it's wasted, I guess. Guess you take it right i mean is that that and what happened oh, yeah, with to no, tell no, us what happened with boris go ahead i i think that it's, it's it's sad that there can't be a bipartisan or depolitization of this process we're talking about an unprecedented pandemic i mean there are tens of thousands of people that are going to die there are lots of organizations that are suffering there are lots of small and medium-sized businesses that are already uh basically just tinkering on the edge of uh, of total collapse or what's called administration or bankruptcy so you have to step up and do that and you should it should have happened a week or 10 days ago the fact that they're fighting over this in the senate and that uh speaker pelosi thinks that she can have her way she's not even a senator is is absolutely discouraging in the uh, british situation again you have majority party here uh they were able through a very adept uh kind of uh, meeting of the minds didn't mean bipartisanship but to put through a program that i I mean i wish the u.s could copy it it really is sound and i think it's going to have a demonstrable effect Uh, and it's also going to put people um you know people who are living on a a couple thousand dollars or pounds a month uh, it's going to lay their fears and allow them to go on Mortgages have been delayed, rent payments have been delayed, all kinds have been delayed, and there's money available for these medium and small-sized businesses. Uh, and it's not a bailout at all. Yeah, it it is extraordinary times. All right, well, thank you, uh, Ted. I look forward. We need to talk to you after, ne- next time pretty soon and, and hear about that, uh, what more Boris Johnson's address and all. I think, as you said, I, I'll be looking for your column. Uh, is it going to be on American Greatness this week? Yeah, I've been publishing articles regularly in American Greatness, and there are a number of articles there about the pandemic, about uh, decision-making, and this article will be coming out in the next day or two called Common Sense 
and the crisis. So it's about this very theme. And Good. actually, it actually, <laughs> some of it goes back to the, the book I wrote with uh, Whitney McMillan. So nice Perfect. of you to remember that. Yeah, yeah, great. Good. Well, thanks, Ted. We'll be uh, we'll be looking forward. We'll have you on again very soon. Ted Malik, everybody. We'll take a quick break and be, break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be right back. Ted Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer, San Diego. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, great to be with you. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Thank you for listening. Those of you that were here for the beginning of the show, uh, listen to the beginning of the show, you might notice that I was also broadcasting a show live on Periscope. So you can go there and check that out. Uh, go to at Eagle Ed Martin on Periscope or go to TheAnswerSanDiego.com, get the show fully downloaded as a podcast, and EdMartinLive.com to get on my email list and all the rest. So great uh, great stuff and a good program and great to have our friend Ted Malik uh, with us uh, from London. A lot happening there. You know, I, I just uh, got the news across my uh, email just a few minutes ago uh, one of our um, foreign service officers uh, the deputy ambassador to Hungary uh, passed away from coronavirus so this is not like this is and he was a young guy he was under 40 this is not like we're not going to see suffering this is a real problem this is a real situation right we shouldn't uh, we got a lot of things to do and we got a lot of work and you know we're going to battle over this and that but there's a real fight going on and our, our, our hearts and uh, our, our prayers go out to the folks that are suffering and uh, again as I mentioned earlier in the program I do have a lot of uh, hope for uh, what the president has identified and, and others have uh, uh, tried ahead of us, which is this combination of uh, hydrochloroquine uh, and other drugs together seem to stem and slow and stop, in some cases, uh, the virus. And so we'll, we'll be trying all that. We'll know in the next few days about that. We'll get an update on that tomorrow uh, in, in uh, more detail. Um, now, I want to tell you about I want to ask you about one thing you may not realize, because this is such an interesting time. I mean, so many challenges. But do you realize that the census, the, the, the census for the United States is supposed to begin on April 1st? So a, a week from today, April Fool's Day, go figure, there's a, a, the census is supposed to begin. Now, one of the things that's even more extraordinary about this is, is the following fact. Most of the public schools in most of the states, especially the big liberal states like California, have utilized one set of people to hopefully run up the numbers on the census. I mean, run up the numbers mean count everybody. I'm just talking now. Now, I'm not making a value statement on why we're counting people that aren't American citizens. We could talk about that or at least asking that question. That's another thing to talk about. We'll talk, I'll mention in a minute. But this is, this is the, the, a set of people have been it, the intended use of these people, encouragement to these people is to help get the full census count. And that group is students in schools, not just college students, but younger students in, in middle school and high school. The plan has been to ask students to go home with messages for their parents to make sure their parents are counted. Well, most of the country now is having their students out of school, at least for April 1st and thereafter. But a lot of most places, my, my kids, we live in Virginia, are out of school for the rest of the year. Most places are doing that now. So you're taking off the table this group of people that has been the left has been planning on utilizing them to 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 help count the census. And that's so what's going to happen next? If you thought Nancy Pelosi was going to fight over the uh, over the uh, uh, all the liberal uh, ideological pushes in the uh, so-called uh, uh, coronavirus stimulus bill. Wait till you see what happens now when everybody realizes that the census is going to be all messed up. 
And by messed up, I mean that the plans of the left, which have been in, in place for uh, four or five, six years since the Obama administration, they've been planning to ramp this up because their goal is to count every single person present and not let anybody know whether they're citizens or non-citizens. And if they can, I suspect they'll overcount. They'll overcount in liberal places. They'll undercount in conservative places. If you're in a conservative county, you can, you know, say you're in rural Virginia, you can rest assured that the census folk, the people that are pushing the census, whether it's the liberal interest groups that have been formed or the marketing companies that have been hired by Obama, all those groups are not going to count you out in the country. No way. But they are going to count all in the liberal places. But one of their big armies has been uh, taken off the playing field, taken off the field of battle right now, which is college, which is, excuse me, regular students. So watch what happens. And remember, the question we ought to be having, and, you know, uh, Rahm Emanuel famously quoted, it's probably the quote he'll be known for, is never let a crisis go to waste. I would say this about this crisis on the census. Let's use this as an opportunity to track who's here illegally. You know, the, 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 the left challenged the idea of asking if, if you're a citizen on the census. They said that that was discriminatory. And unfortunately, the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, allowed the challenge to that ruling to go f- to, to, to stand because they said, and it was chief justice Roberts who was weak on this. They said it wasn't done in the right way. It wasn't done in the, under the right procedures and therefore wasn't fair. So we won't be having at least on the main sense on all the census is the question of citizenship. It's still on the longer form, but president Trump at the time then said, well, I'm going to tell the commerce director to find out who is here illegally and who's here legally in other means, meaning there'll be lots of places where illegals touch our system and you can at least know they're here. School systems that have illegal immigrants, uh, kids in school. Here's another one. Hospitals, places where people are tested. You know, I, I, and I, by the way, I'm not I'm not intending to scare anybody off from going to get medical help. They should do it. You shouldn't be afraid to at all. Your health is important. It's more important than anything. But we as a society and as a nation have the right to find out who are citizens and who are not. And so there's going to be a lot of data that our government can use, not against we the people, not the citizens. We have protections. But to ask who's here illegally, who's here. There may be some people that are here legally that aren't citizens. We ought to know that. I mean, I think we do have a good, pretty good sense of that, but not, not entirely. So there's going to be quite a few um, opportunities here now to go ahead and to get some more information. But this one on the census is going to be so important for the balance of power in the country in the next few years. Well, it'll be 10 years. But it, it, as we do the counting, it will take over the next few years. And we, we, will, uh, we will see a lot of fighting about that. We need to learn more about you all. We all together need to le- learn more about this, know more about it to combat the idea that the left and the, and the media d- does and puts forward, which is, oh, the census is just supposed to count everybody. It's so nice. What's the problem? No, no. The census was put in our Constitution by the founding fathers from the very beginning for the purposes of managing the representation of our country so that we stay together as a nation. So it binds us together as a nation. There was a reason that every state got two senators. That meant little states at the time. Little states weren't Rhode Island then, and Rhode Island came in a little later, but little states at most, Virginia was the biggest state, Massachusetts was a big state, but the smaller states, Delaware and others, felt like they could hang in because they had two senators just like uh, Massachusetts and Virginia did. But after that, 
it would be unfair to the massive population in Virginia or Massachusetts at the founding not to have their representation be proportional. And so the census was needed to count who was citizens to balance the representation. And when you count millions and millions of illegals in California or other places and get to say that they count towards uh, towards the representation, you're distorting the power of the country. Excuse me, you're distorting the balance of power in the country. And all you have to do is think about it in terms of number of members in Congress, in the House, and as importantly, in the Electoral College. Because as much as the left wants to get rid of the Electoral College and go to a popular vote, it's never going to happen. Even the left realizes that the balance, the smart left, not the masses, but the smart left realizes the balance of power in this country is important and the Electoral College does protect that. Otherwise, you would have people just campaigning in Los Angeles and Houston and uh, New York, and you wouldn't ever care about any issues that affect any of the people in the 40 of, 42 or three of the other states. That's how it would go. So that's what's at stake. All right, we'll talk more about that, but I just want to alert that to you. A week from today, April 1st, April Fool's Day, the census was supposed to start, and certainly it's gone into a, a, a I'd say it this way, it looks uncertain how it's going to start and how it's going to go forward. We'll find out more about that. All right. Uh, thank you, as always, to our fearless technical director, Noah. We had quite a, uh, a deal between some guests and also doing the show on uh, on um, Periscope, uh, but we plowed through it and uh, appreciate it very much. Also, Joanna, who helps us book. Don't forget, go to TheAnswerSanDiego.com to support our program, our other programs, Andrea Kay, our sponsors. All that is right there. Please go there to TheAnswerSanDiego.com. And also, you can get the show as a podcast there and pass on to others. Uh, I appreciate it very much if you do that. People are growing. The number of people that are listening and paying attention are growing, and we very much appreciate it. That's why we're doing it, uh, because we want to have our voices and your voices uh, amplified in so many ways. So I uh, appreciate it very much. Again, TheAnswerSanDiego.com. And go to EdMartinLive.com if you want to follow, uh, if you want the daily email that I send out. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow night. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then.